together growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of John chapter 20 from verse 19 to verse 31. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. But Jesus came and stood among them and he said to them, Peace be with you. My dear brothers and sisters, I would like us to, to begin by unpacking what goes on in here. It is probably late in the day. The sun is set. And these men are in a room where they've closed the doors. And the reason why they've closed the doors is because they are afraid of the Jews. And I want to begin there. They've shut themselves out from the outside world. They've shut themselves out from their own families. They've shut themselves out from their own colleagues. They've withdrawn to themselves. But this is a reality that probably befalls us in our lives. Where I shut everybody else outside of my life. Where I become a lone ranger. Where I start to do things on my own. And I disregard everyone else. But there's also a danger that I may think that I'm always right. And I can also say I don't need you in my life. There comes a time in a human life where I think I am self-contained. I am self-dependent. But the danger is that once I shut everybody else and think I am that thing, the next thing becomes my own destruction. And so you see a group of men who've locked themselves into the house and have refused anyone else access. But the author tells us the reason why he has done this is because he's afraid. He is scared of the Jews. But now, dear brothers and sisters, the word fear, I would like to call it a suitcase word. This word can be unpacked in many ways. And when someone is afraid, we tend to manifest that fear in different ways. And we tend to have different words that express our own fears. Anger, frustration, bitterness, irritation. I don't want you in my space. And so I'm asking myself, 
How many of us have shut others down or away because we were afraid of them? But the other reality for me is that I can also be afraid of my own self. I can shut myself out of my own self. There is this song, your body is here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. That physically you are here with me, but your mind is not here with me. But it can also happen in us in our own marriage. Where you realize that I'm married to you, but your commitment is not here with us. It can happen to us in our own relationships. And I realize that you are not here with me. I'm pulling this on my own. You're pulling to this direction while I'm pulling to the opposite direction. There's something else that Jesus does that speaks to me. While he knows that they are afraid, he comes and he stands with them. He stands among them. And that for me is something absolutely powerful. To know that there's someone who stands by you. Someone who's like an advocate. Someone who speaks for you. Someone who understands what you're going through. Someone who's not only with you in your circle, but someone who is in your corner. But what makes this more powerful for me is that Jesus is able to stand by me when I can no longer stand for myself. He's able to believe in me when I cannot believe in my own self. He's able to stand with me when I have failed myself. My dear brothers and sisters, make no mistake, he goes to a crowd of people who have failed. People who know that they themselves are failures. Look at Peter who denied knowing the Lord, who was only asked by a servant girl. Look at Judas who betrayed the Lord. Look at the rest of the apostles who ran away when Jesus needed them the most. So when you think you have failed God, when I think I have failed God, I look at the bunch of the apostles. And I'm amazed at how God is able to stand by them when they've shut themselves out because of shame. But there's something also absolutely amazing in this word. He speaks to them the first words he ever utters to them. He says, peace be with you. And how many of us are longing for that? How many of us want peace? Peace that the world can never give us. Peace that no money can buy. How often do we go out and say, let's go for a drive to clear our heads. Let's go out for a drink so that we can forget our miseries. Let's go out shopping. But at the end of all these things, we are still miserable. 
It's like we wake up tomorrow to the greatest reality that my problems are still around. And how many of us can smile through our pain? How many of us have learned to smile and laugh while deep inside, not only are we broken, but we are dying? And Jesus says, peace be with you. I want to give you the sense of peace that the world can never give you. I need you to know that you are loved. He does something amazing. He breathes onto them. Go to the story of creation. Genesis chapter 2. When God had created Adam, he breathes life into him. And as he breathes life into him, he becomes a new creation. He doesn't breathe oxygen into him. He doesn't breathe the Holy Spirit into him. But he breathes something which is far more deeper than that. He breathes that which belongs to him. He gives him himself. And so when Jesus breathes to the apostles, he gives them new life, he gives them new beginnings, he gives them a kickstart into life. How many of us feel that we have failed? How many of us need to be reminded that God has not given up on us? How many of us feel all alone? It's like you're knocking on heaven's door and nobody is there to answer. And he says to us, I need you to receive the gift of life. It's like you're resuscitating someone who's dying. It's like you give someone who's dying the kiss of life. It's like you're saying to that person, not yet, not now, not today. My dear brothers and sisters, how many of us are in relationships that are dead? How many of us are walking cops? How many of us need an injection of life? There's something else that I also find absolutely amazing. He shows them his hands. And he shows them his side. And quite a number of us never really reflect on this. We're like, ah, oh, he shows them his hands, he shows them his side, so what? No, my dear brothers and sisters, it's deeper than so what? Have you ever been vulnerable in the presence of those you love? Have you ever been vulnerable in the presence of those who believed in you? That's what Jesus does. He says, I'm going to open my wounds. I'm going to show you where it hurts. We grew up in a culture where we were told, when you are weak, you mustn't show it to people. We grew up in a culture where it told us that you must not cry. 
We grew up in a culture that told us men don't cry. We grew up in a culture that suck it in and move on. Things will be better. And Jesus is teaching us something totally different. It's okay to cry. It's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to acknowledge that today is not my best day. It's okay to say, I'm feeling under the weather. Jesus opens himself and he says, I'm scared. I'm lonely. I'm vulnerable. I'm hurting. In conclusion, when he does all this, there's one member of the family who is not present. And that's Thomas, the twin. All these great signs, all these great miracles, all these great conversations, he's not at home. One member of the family is not at home. And that is one of the greatest tragedies of our lives. Am I at home with myself? Am I comfortable in my own skin? Have I learned to accept who I am? Have I learned to love the person I am? Can I look into the mirror and be grateful to God? The good and the not so good. The achievements and the failures. Am I home to myself? In our own families, am I present to my family? Am I a present father? Am I a present mother? There are some families when babies cry, the only thing we do, give them a candy. When they complain, you buy them a new gadget. Money is present, gifts are present, but I'm not present. And so I have a father, but I don't have a dad. I have a mother, but I don't have mom. Because they were busy with other things. He comes back eight days later. Jesus comes. But Thomas says to the disciples, unless I'm able to see and to feel and to touch, I refuse to believe. Stubborn. Stubbornness of heart. It's either my way or no way. How many of us have failed in life because we refuse to say, I actually miscalculated. I was wrong. 
How many marriages, how many families, how many relationships, how many blunders have I made because I just couldn't accept I was the one on the wrong. And so Jesus comes eight days later. And as he comes eight days later, he looks at Thomas and he says, Thomas, here are my hands. Here is my side. Do you want to touch and to feel? And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, blessed is he who believes without seeing. And Thomas can only go back and realize where he has messed up. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.